there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You've reached the voicemail of Charlie. And Please leave a message after the beep. Hello, it's me. Message deleted. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. So, Nate, a bunch of our listeners have been sending in requests for these two hot new songs. The first is coming from an artist who I think we've neglected for way too long, Drake, and his hit song, Hotline Bling, about a past relationship discussed over late night phone calls. You used to call me on my cell phone. Right on the heels of Drake, a few weeks later, Adele releases her single, Hello, or Hello, <laughs> where she calls up her ex-lover to dig up the past. Hello from the other side, I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've done, but when I call you, never seem to be home. There's a remarkable collision between these two songs. Hmm. I mean, they're both... A, a kind of investigating relationships that are supposed to be over, but there's some some lingering feeling there. There's not any closure. It's a rare thing to have two songs on the pop charts that so neatly parallel each other. And both these tracks were hopping on the phone and, and reminiscing about the past. Adele says, Hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times. And Drake says, You used to call me on my cell phone late nights when you need my love. We can stop right there because the phone is interesting, right? It's like Drake's song is very explicitly used to call me on my cell phone, not my smartphone, not you used to Snapchat me, you <laughs> used to uh, Skype me, used to WhatsApp me. You used to send me late night text messages saying, hey, you up? Yeah, <laughs> this is a cell phone. This is like, at least what comes to my mind is like a 
an early 2000s Nokia orange plastic uh, phone with the antenna <laughs> on which you could play Snake. Right. I think in doing that, Drake sets this song in the past, or this relationship, rather. Yeah, this, I think the same thing is happening in Adele because you have this other anachronistic technology. I think she references a landline when she says, when I call, you're never home. You're only never home if you're calling a landline. So both these songs are putting us in the past, both by referencing a past relationship and by inserting this old technology, playing on a sense of nostalgia. Right. Okay, so then how is this mirrored in the music? Well, the first thing has got to be in Drake, like... You you pointed this out to me, Charlie, when we were talking about this song. It almost the beat of this song almost sounds like hold music. When you're waiting to talk to Comcast about your cable bill and like you're listening to this thing on on repeat. Nothing makes me more angry. Not not only that, you know, this like even even the, the quality of it sounds kind of kind of distant, kind of muted. I wonder if that's because it's coming from a sample. Why can't we be together by Timmy Thomas from nineteen seventy two? Oh, it sounds naked. Yeah, well, this sample is, like, famous for for being incredibly stripped down and sort of technologically minimal. And it's sort of indelible character that just comes from it being basically a, a loop on a, a very early drum machine and just Hammond organ chords. Okay, so he's so Drake is sampling this, and, and, and he sort of manipulated it. Um, so it sounds like it's even more distant, even more in the past. We feel the sense of nostalgia, the sense of of looking back, right? Mm. It's this old yeah. R&B hit. It's this distant sound. Both of these songs are so clearly fall jams, <laughs> right? If, if a few episodes ago we were talking about summer jams, we were talking about these ebullient pump-up jams. Right. These are like starting to become more appropriate for the season when the leaves are falling off the trees and the wind is picking up. This is like... Oh, man, change, loss, melancholy. So if Drake is appealing to nostalgia in Hotline Bling, Adele is working just as hard on Hello. The first thing I notice about this is it pretty obviously reminds us of her previous hit, Someone Like You. Definitely. Sparse piano chords, a black and white music video. Right. The name of her album being the age she is when she records it. So she's appealing to... A not quite as distant nostalgia, but by employing acoustic instruments in a world of EDM, she's clearly referencing a musical past. She, too, is in a place of reminiscing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Adele always stands out on, on the radio dial, not by virtue of, of being the most, the loudest or the most outrageous pop personality, but by the opposite, by retreating into... Uh, a world of acoustic instruments and quiet textures and slow builds. She's willing to let her voice crack and show her true self, where other pop music might sound significantly more polished. No doubt. And this this backward lens that we find in the instrumentation is is also echoed in the way it's recorded. Like when when these hmm. these drums come in, uh, I believe in the second verse. Hello, how are you? They sound very distant. Maybe a similar effect in some ways to the Drake song. Like, they sound like you're hearing them on the other side of a door or something. There's a gap that needs to be bridged sonically. 
So we'll talk about how these songs are also lyrically very nostalgic in a moment. But, you know, even before you hear a single word, the music sets the tone for these songs, puts us in a place of regret, second guessing, and trying to bring the past back into the present. Okay, so you've just moved us into the present. And I think what's happening here is we both have a, you you used to call me on the cell phone. I used to call and try to say, I'm sorry. And what they're both really doing here is saying, hey, is it over? In both songs, there is this open-ended harmonic ambiguity. We're never getting the kind of chordal closure that we want to get in a typical pop song. Ah, yeah. Okay, so hear me out here. I know it's... Maybe a little wonky. Let's wonk it up. Let's wonk it up. Drake, Hotline Bling. Part of this song feels really unsettling because, as I said, we're not getting harmonic closure. Uh huh. So, okay, what does this mean? Well, what's going on is we're actually in a minor key. We're in a sad key. You know, this this song is sullen. It's in D minor. Mm, that is the sad key. It is the saddest key, according to Spinal Tap. In D minor, which I always find is really the saddest of all keys. Really, I don't know why, but it makes people weep instantly. That's that's right, yeah. But we actually never really resolved this D minor because the chord progression is this vamp back and forth between a B flat and an A. What does that mean? Well, it basically means that rather than landing back home on D minor. Every single time that you think that he's going to yeah. close out his phrase, he lands back on this this sort of open, ambiguous B flat, which shares a lot of the same notes with D minor, but is actually a sort of a more ambiguous place to land. Huh. Can you show me the difference between those two? Okay, yeah. So here's a D minor. Uh-huh. Right? And then here's your B flat. To confuse us even more, though, he's actually playing all of the notes in the D minor, but with this B flat in the bass, basically saying, hey, we don't have total closure every single time we go back and forth on this vamp. Uh, so we're just, like, continually hearing this harmonic progression that never completely resolves. Yeah, exactly. So... No resolution in the relationship, no resolution in the chords. It's dark, man. You know, Adele might do something similar. Okay. In that she's also very reluctant to to resolve to to her home key, which in which in the case of Hello is A flat major. Okay. I mean, we don't even start the song on A flat major. Where do we start? We start on F minor instead. Right. So it's also kind of like a, a minor power ballad is what we think we're getting ourselves into. Right. And then as soon as you hear the second chord, though, which is the A-flat major home of this, right. then you're confused. Then you're like, wait, is this F minor or is this A-flat major? Where is the home here? Is it minor? Is it major? We don't know. Because she immediately moves us back away. And then we cycle down to two other chords, E-flat and D-flat before returning to F minor. Hmm. This is a very cyclical progression in the same way that the Drake progression repeats over and over. So does this, this constant oscillation between F minor and A flat major. Okay, so it's kind of like we start 
on sadness and sullenness. We move to happiness and potential relationship opportunity, and then we fall back away from it over and over and over. Exactly. There's, I think you used the word unsettled earlier, and that's, that's perfectly right. These are two people who are sort of between two worlds. They're, they're past and they're present. And musically, harmonically, they can't make up their mind. So here's the F minor that begins the song and immediately makes you say, oh, F minor, hello, you will be my key for the next three and a half minutes. Sad, I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> but then just as you're getting used to that idea, the next chord that arrives is this A flat major. Ooh, maybe. And then all of a sudden, you're, you have like whiplash, you're in, you're in major land. Right. And you're thinking, oh, okay, wait, this is my key? Right. And then two more chords... And then we're back at the F minor, A flat major. Oh, what? Uh, and and that sense of confusion that I really poorly acted out just then <laughs> suffuses the whole harmonic texture of this song. Huh. So whether it's Hotline Bling or Hello, both songs are connecting music and lyrics to give us the sense that these are people between two lives, between two places, right? Drake has left the city. Ever since I left the city, you. Adele is in California dreaming. I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be. That distance that we heard in the quality of the music is now echoed in the chords themselves, which can never settle mm. on a static home. You know, they're just, they're always searching for something. Okay, so first... We've got on the phone, our antiquated phones, Right. called up, we said hello, and asked, hey, is this thing over? And then I feel like we move into this this, this moment where they show their true cards. Mm. Both singers, in a lot of ways, are, are, are feeling a lot more hurt than they're letting on, right? It sort of opens up, there is this ambiguity, but there's a moment in both of the songs where they really do let loose and we can see how they really feel totally yeah they're both putting up a tough exterior but then they they let their guards down at key moments right okay so what's what's going on in the drake the moment to me where we hear the real drake so to speak is at the end of each verse what's he doing well first he says ever since i left the city ever since i left the city you. and then he goes on to say you've got a reputation for yourself now Got a reputation for yourself now. Etc. Then he repeats that ever since I left the city. Cause ever since I left the city. And then he has a new set of lyrics, but under the set of lyrics this time, the second, ever since I left the city, we don't have the same chord progression that we did the first time. Glasses of champagne out on the dance floor. Hanging with some girls I never seen before. You used to call the first time through this ever since I left the city section. Yeah. We have the same vamp between D minor slash B flat major to A minor that you were describing. The second time through this ever since I left the city section, though, the chords start to subtly change. Right. It's not that same progression. It's new material. Hmm. First of all, we go to major chords. Okay. And second of all, we end on a very surprising major chord. D major. Wait, we were D minor is the key of the song. So where is he taking us? What's going on? 
yeah, we were. You're right. We were in a ambiguous D minor, right? And now we're ending this section on D major. So weird. It is weird, but it feels it's a very poignant moment. You know, it's like the glimpse of a possibility of the life that these two people could have had mm. if things had had gone differently. Huh. You know, this could have been a major world rather than a minor world. Uh. But just as quickly as we hear that that little glimpse. Seen before. You used to call me on my cell phone. We go right back to the beginning. Inevitably, you used to call me on my cell phone and return to the original vamp. This D minor slash B flat major just erases any memory of that D major. <laughs> but briefly, we saw a, a vulnerability, a hurt, a, a sense of hope, of longing. Some, I don't know, some some interiority there, just in this subtle shift in harmonic content. I I think that... Feel free to disagree, too, because I know I've been reading online that a lot of people are not happy with Drake in this song because they think he's being very dismissive and playing into, into certain tropes of, like, the good girl and a, and a prescribed mode of conduct of feminized behavior or something. To me, I just see someone who's just lashing out because he's hurt. Yeah, he's definitely lashing out. And it sounds like he probably is doing so in ways that aren't totally appropriate. I don't want to defend that by any means, but I think we can at least look at how he's really feeling. I think that he is very clear about what's going on for him in the bridge of this song. Oh, yeah, this is a this is probably a key moment. These days, all I do is wonder if you're bending over backwards for someone else. Wonder if you're rolling up a backwards for someone else. Okay, so in the bridge, this is definitely one of those places where I don't really like the lyrical choices that he's making um, in terms of reinforcing stereotypes. What he's basically saying is, these days, all I do is I'm wondering if you're hanging out with somebody else. And I'm constantly wondering, you know, you got something else with somebody else and it makes me feel bad. He even goes on to say, you know, you don't need no one else. And then musically, there's some reinforcement, right? Yeah, uh, I feel like he's he's moved us into a whole new chordal progression. So where we had been in this vamp, we were, we're getting some new material. Yeah, Charlie, just like in that Drake song, yeah. there are these moments where you hear, quote, unquote, the real Drake. Right. There are moments in Adele's Hello where you can hear just how vulnerable this singer is, even with her, her mighty pipes and her, her lush piano and strings orchestration. There's like someone who's, who's very lonely and confused, maybe hiding in this narrative. Oh, poor Adele. What's going on for her? I don't want to make it seem too bleak, but there are a few musical and lyrical moments that do concern me. Okay. <laughs> How's she really feeling? So lyrically, check out this chorus. Okay. Hello from the outside. Hello from the outside. At least I can say that I've tried. At least I can say that I've tried. To tell you I'm sorry for breaking your heart. But it don't matter. It clearly doesn't tear you apart. Doesn't tear you apart anymore. Anymore. There's one element of that rhyme scheme that stands out, right? Yeah. We have like a series of perfect rhymes: A A B B, I'd I'd art art, 
And then all of a sudden at the end, we have this anymore. Oh. Like, where's that coming from? Oh, it's left open. That doesn't that doesn't belong in that rhyme scheme. It doesn't it doesn't connect to anything that we've heard before. Mm. It's just like this very revealing little extra set of syllables that lets you know that she's not in perfect control, right? She's let go of this perfect rhyme scheme. She's let go of her composition and let it just show its true colors. And it's a moment, you know, at the end of each chorus that really grabs you, I think, precisely because it doesn't belong. It's just floating there. It's 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 kind of awkward and but it's also very true. Mm. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docuseries, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Just a little aside about rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you ready to get? Are you ready to get to talk about wonky? Are you ready to get deep? Let's go. All right. So, you know, Don Juan by Lord Byron. This uh, this epic poem yeah. from the from the Romantic era. Of course. Oh my God! There's this. If you read the, I think it's the Yale edition of this of of Don Juan. There's this one of the greatest footnotes of all time can be found. The footnote. The footnote describes Byron writing a letter to a friend defending a slant rhyme that he uses. Okay. He rhymes. He's, he's making fun of the current poet laureate <laughs> of, of Britain, who is this guy, Bob Southey. Okay. And he says something like, Southey is the laureate, but I see him more as a Judas Iscariot. <laughs> it's much more elegant than that. But that's the rhyme. And he goes, you know, I know these two things don't really rhyme. He's writing this in a letter to his friend. He says, I know laureate and Iscariot don't really rhyme perfectly. Yeah. But here's my defense for including them. He says there's this story about the poet Ben Jonson, who's from, you know, like maybe a, a few centuries earlier than Byron, from Shakespeare's time. Oh, man, we're going deep here. Yeah, this is like layers and layers, man. This is a, I don't even know if this is Googleable. Um, he tells this story about Ben Jonson is talking to this other poet, John Sylvester, and they're having this little rhyme battle, basically like a, a hip hop freestyle sort of. 
And he goes, and he and John Sylvester goes to Ben Johnson. He says, I, John Sylvester, slept with your sister. And Ben Johnson has to have have a comeback. And he goes, I, Ben Johnson, slept with your wife. <laughs> and John Sylvester goes, well, that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> and Ben Johnson says, no, but by God, it's true. <laughs> so that was Byron's defense for including rhymes that didn't quite work. The truth is more important than the rhyme. And that's all to say that I think this is also <laughs> true in Adele's Hello, the truth is more important than the, than the rhyme. And that anymore, that there's so much, that's such a pregnant word, right? Right. There's so much temporal distance contained in that word, and it stands apart from the rest of the, the ordered rhyme scheme. Mm. So it really, it's really this like a little window into, into Adele's psyche, I think. <laughs> Phew, I need some Gatorade, man. That was, that was exhausting. <laughs> okay, let's take a refresher. I have one more thing to say about Adele. Please. She's doing that thing that we love to hear, soaring her vocals up to the point where they almost break in the chorus. When I hear that, for me, even more than the rhyme scheme, we know what's really going on for her. There's a tear underneath that vocal. Oh, word. Yeah. And there's a tear in our eyes when we listen to it. Right, Charlie? Every time. I have audio evidence of you crying in the car to Adele. No, only on planes. Something about the altitude? Yeah, I think it's the altitude or the dryness, I don't, pressure, something. <laughs> yeah, sure. Plus, there's a lot of dust in those flights. Gets in your eye. De- definitely, definitely. People are bringing, bringing on their pets now. So I, I must be allergic, right? something like that. Yeah, sure. In both of these songs, we've got two people who are truly hurt. They're trying to reach out and connect. I'm wondering, I want to imagine a world in which Drake and Adele are actually speaking to each other. Ooh, I like this. Where is this going? Well, maybe they're both on the phone lamenting their relationships to each other. Hello, it's me. I was wondering, after all these years, you like me to go over everything. Call me on my cell phone late night when you need my love. Well, I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be. Did you ever make it out of that town? Ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. It's so typical of me to talk about myself. I'm sorry. These days, all I do is wonder if you're bending over backwards or someone else. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. You got exactly what you asked for. Yeah, I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry, but when I call you, you never seem to be home. You should just be yourself. Right now, you're someone else. Well, at least I can say that I've tried. Uh, You know, Nate, that um, Adele and and Drake aren't the only songwriters feeling the hurt right now. Who else is out there, Charlie? I think the real relationship referee has got to be our good friend Justin Bieber. Ah, the erstwhile Bieber. He's released his third track 
in his existential trilogy. What did he use the the beat that we created for him with the help of Breakmaster Cylinder? <laughs> right. So those of you who might have missed it, we did dedicate an entire episode to Justin Bieber and how in his twenties he is asking all of these existential questions like where are you now and what do you mean? And we had predicted he would release a third. So I think we were correct in our prediction. We had put out our own version of a Justin Bieber track, guessing what his new song might sound like. And alas, he did not use our track that we produced with the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Tompy. I know. But he did put out a really good song with his hit Sorry, produced by Skrillex, who also did Where Are You Now? You gotta go and get angry at all of my honesty. You know I try, but I don't do too well with apologies. I hope I don't run out of time, cause someone call a referee. Cause I just need one more shot. So Charlie, did we did we get close at least? Was there some is there is there some lyrical or uh, musical resemblance between our Airsats Bieber and the real thing? Absolutely, because what he's doing is he's using the same musical palette for each of these songs, and I think we correctly identified it. But just to make sure, let's put it to the test. All right, hit me. The first thing we pointed out was each of these songs starts with large open piano chords in an ongoing loop. Where are you now? What do you mean? And sorry? All start out with this piano line. We should be buying lotto tickets. We're getting so good at predicting the future. Okay, but we only picked the first number. Second number. Okay, what else? (laughs) So in Sorry, we actually move really quickly beyond this chord progression. It moves back down into the synths. But we also are getting the second color in Bieber's palette, the manipulated vocal. Mm. In each case, we have a Bieber who has been time-stretched, distorted, reconfigured, we have these manipulated sounds in the background. You mean the all That's uh, more or less exactly how we did it. Thanks. So, first number, second number, correct? Yes. Third number, thick, bouncy bass lines. One. Two. Big piano chords, manipulated vocals, deep house bass lines. In the in the world of breakup songs, I think Sorry is going the furthest to really show its true emotional core. Justin is reaching out and he's just apologizing. Now, I think in our alternative universe, I would have really preferred Justin to ask, why am I here? Go deeper and darker. But it's pretty refreshing that he's decided to go positive and say, hey, I'm sorry. Indeed. The sweet gets sweeter, <laughs> and the existential crisis is at least temporarily averted. And I, and I, and I must say, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty happy with our batting average. And hey, Justin, if you uh, do end up going in a downward spiral, we do have the darker track for you available <laughs> anytime. <laughs> 
Well, I did enjoy investigating the melancholy loss and regret embedded in this this Drake song, Hotline Bling, and Adele's Hello. Yeah. Both cleverly using the medium of the phone conversation to get us to that place. In tribute, we are crafting a playlist of, of great musical phone conversations. In addition to Drake and Adele, Stevie Wonder, and Tom Waits will be making appearances, but we need more. So please tweet at us, switched on pop, and we'll add them to the list. You can find that playlist on our show notes on our website, switchedonpop.com. Switch on Pop was produced by the two of us, and our logo was designed by Luke Harris. Thank you to writer Bess Kalb for voicing Adele. Disclosure, she's also my wife. And thanks also to Sean Ramosvarm, who voiced Drake. Sean recently released the final episode of his podcast, Sideshow, a production of Studio 360. And in his last episode, he reunites his high school rap group. I think you'll really like it. And then come back in two weeks when we dive into another listener's suggestion. People have been sending us some some brilliant tracks, so we're going to have a serious listening session. See how these pop songs work their magic. Yes. And until then, I'm Charlie Harding. And I'm Nate Sloan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Why do you run? Why does anyone... I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.